ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terra Master, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Hey everybody, I got a real treat for us. I have our first time GNCC three-wheeler champion in 1984, Teddy Trey and Dave Owens. Thank you guys for coming on ATV Talk. Teddy, I know you've been with us before. And Dave, this is your first time. And I really appreciate you guys spending some time with me. Um, you, you know, the, the the real reason I wanted to have you guys on is back in the day. I mean, this is like pre me. I was there, but I was still a little kid. You know, not that we're much different in age, but uh, you know, I was still playing football and, and doing other stuff at that point. What was it like back there at the GNCCs when it really wasn't the cool thing to do? Buy a three-wheeler. It was really primitive. Um, didn't have big campers. A lot of people were in tents, sleeping in the back of their pickup trucks or inside a van or in the, you know, in their trailers. Um, it was just, that was the way it was done then. The money wasn't the same as now. It wasn't as much of a family operation as it was a private individual and maybe a friend or a girlfriend. Or a dozen friends. Or a dozen friends like we did. Right. Teddy, make sure you lean forward when you talk, bud. Okay. <laughs> or speak up. Thanks. Uh, um, so, Leonard, you guys, Leonard, can I say something? You could say anything you want, brother. This oh, no. Time. So, anyways, thanks for having me back. Um, after our last talk, um, I, I had a, some, my buddy Dave here did a little fact checking and although all my stories are true and that's for sure, uh, some of the dates and some of the places were mixed up. So that's why we have Dave on our Dave's been a friend of mine for years. Uh, when I started racing back in the early eighties on three wheelers, Dave hooked up with us and, and we've just been friends for years and, you know, he's always been kind of my mechanic. And uh, pit guy, there's a lot of good pit guys. So Dave Owens is, uh, that's who's with me today. And I thought I'd better introduce him. They might, most people might even remember us, you know, together. 
Um, there's a couple of good stories. Hopefully, we'll remember to get into them for the next season. So, thank you. That's thank you for having us. Really appreciate. It. No problem, uh, Teddy. That, that, that's awesome. And and as we spoke, that's exactly why we wanted Dave on is because he's going to talk about some of the angles and some of the things that being the writer, you're seeing it from one perspective. Being the guy that does all the work, he's seeing it from another perspective. Uh, yeah. oh, Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> every mechanic deserves that for sure. They don't get it. I know a lot of people out there have a good mechanic that's been working forever. Probably everybody. Well, just make sure you uh, um, talk loud like like I do and like Dave does. Um, you, you taper off a little on me, but that's okay. Um, let, let's let, let's go back a little bit. You guys said you traveled with a group of like 12 people. Oh, One race, we went to Loretta Lens, and I wouldn't say it was 12, but there were seven in my van that time. But, yeah, we took the uh, couch out of the house, put it in the back of the van, so we had plenty of room for people to sit. I think we took an easy chair, an easy boy reclining chair, um, and packed everybody in, and off we go. And and and, and how did that break down? Uh, I mean, it, it, it was it, how many bikes did you have? Well, I, I usually had one bike, uh, maybe two in the good days, but um, I had, uh, we usually brought people for gas money. That was kind of our reason for bringing people. And the drive. Yeah, and they could drive. So, uh, yeah, so we would have a trailer. After I have a trailer a lot of times, different styles of trailers, and uh, we would just head to the races just like anybody else. Uh, that's what it was. We just brand new right in the beginning. It, we were brand new at it, you know, happened to be pretty good at it. And that helped move on to more races. But it was just, uh, you know, when a, a national was no different than a local race to us, we just, we knew there was better people. Don't you think? Yeah. Um, actually, some of the best riders I ever saw were really local to us, you know, in Pennsylvania and here. And we're every bit as good as him. It just depends on who had the better night, who come off the line better or pick better lines while riding. Um, kind of decided on the evening on who was better that night. We spent a lot of times at Trailway Speedway, which was a lo our local race, and they did Saturday night night races, and it was just a blast to do. Dave, did you ride? Um, I rode two-wheelers until I met him, and then I kind of got into the three-wheel thing. I never really raced. I just rode for fun. He Teddy's like giving me the face, like maybe that there's a backstory to this, you know, that maybe there's, there's right, something right, that you should right. tell us. He was a dirt bike rider. We we started a whole um, cult of three wheel riders in our area, and it was just a different, whole different ball game. Um, you know, three wheels were just different. They were they were definitely cool. They were the cool thing to have back then. But have you seen? Have you seen any of the new style three wheelers? Not to change the subject, but oh, any yeah. four streaks, four stroke stuff that they got coming out, like the four fifties and and I, no, I guess I see some of the conversion three wheelers. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, they're good. There's the, the, the dynamics of a whole Honda two fifty R. You couldn't beat it. Uh, you know, if I don't know if they had a patent on that, but these new three wheelers are fast. They just don't have the dynamics to handling like an old. 250R, which was my go-to bike for sure. Yeah, I think when they put the bigger motors in the 450s, they don't handle the same. 
Um, we went and did a race up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and Ted won both races that he was in. And one was the 250 class, and the other one was the open class. And the 450s just didn't do as well. They didn't handle as good. Um, it could be bike preparation, or it could just be the ability of the riders. But at the same time, you know, the 250R with the 250 motor did the best. And what year was that? Uh, well, we did that. 2019. I couldn't hear that. I just. Yeah. Good Lord, did I say that? <laughs> yeah, he's old. Well, yeah, I couldn't hear it, so that's good. No, if you didn't want anybody to know. Oh no, I don't know what's up. We're having some issues again. But I can still, I mean, must be just the way I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, because I can hear you now. It's great. All right. Yeah. I'll try to sound more. That that's okay. Um when you guys started, Dave, did you start when he started going to the nationals? You were already friends? Um, no. My first race, I went with I met up with them with two of my buddies. We drove in a snowstorm to go watch them racing indoor. And they did pretty good. Ted won his race. I think the other two guys did top three. And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I've never actually been to one. And I never really saw a three-wheeler race in my life. So that was kind of cool. And it kind of had me thinking about, man, that might be something fun to get into. And then through the summertime, I kind of hung out at the shop with them, but never really went to any more races. And we went to a race called Wheels in the Sand at Ocean City, Maryland. And they had some mechanical problems. And I kind of jumped in and helped out where I could. And that's kind of what got us started. He just said, hey, you know, I could use somebody to help me pit at the races. Do you want to come with? And that's where we got moving at. Nice. That's a great story. When uh, were you, you were there for the whole 84 season? No, I didn't start until I didn't get running with him until 85. Okay. So you got to see all the, the later stuff. And when the Honda guys were, were knocking on the door and everything. Yeah. He had some stories about that. I noticed in his notes. Yeah. Was it 80? How about when did we go to Gainesville? That was 86. Best, 86. That would have been the, the best race of my life if I didn't break down. And now the breakdowns really had nothing to do with anything anybody did. Normally it's something I didn't do, like tighten a bolt, or I just broke the bike up. But we had a breakdown. That would have been the, that would have been a career change. Yeah, he goes, come on, we're going to go to Daytona Beach. So I was like, yeah, I've never been. I've heard about it, never been. So I decided, let's go. So me and him jumped in the van, and we're about an hour into the trip, and we notice that the van's running hot. He takes his shirt off, throws it over the dash, keeps going, fix the problem. So we're cruising along. We get to the Georgia-Florida line, and the van starts running terrible. It starts making funny noises and rattling. He throws it in second gear and mashes it to the floor. And... That motor's rattling for all it's worth. And all of a sudden, the rattle went away. He shifted in the third, said, see, it fixed itself again. And so we went to Gainesville. Coldest spell in like 50 years were there. We wake up, there's ice on the roof of the van in Florida. And somewhere there's a picture of me and him, one in a lazy boy on top of the, uh, the trailer that we, uh, we had brought. And... 
him, he was in a beanbag sitting on there watching the pros race until he was up. Yeah, Tom Vitti. Yeah. And he was our sponsor for what? Who's your tires? Okay. Leisure World. Leisure, that's right. So anyhow, but we had a real good week. He did good down at Daytona. I think he pulled second over, you know, for the race at the end of the day. And I don't remember what you did at the GNCC. Is that when is that when they had a motocross and then a GNCC? Yeah, I got third in that. Third place. Yeah, he said the watermelon patches were terrible. Did you prefer the woods or the motocross? I'm a woodsman, definitely. I could ride motocross good, but I, I could ride in the woods. I still, I'll tell you right now, if they have a three-wheel race in the woods somewhere in this country and I can get there, I'll, I'll do okay. <laughs> so, you think you can still run with them today? Oh, yeah, I would for sure. I got a bike ready. My buddy George Hodges has a bike ready for me right now. I leave it over at his place. Uh, but. We that's the bike I raced for the last couple of years, three wheeler two fifty R, and uh, he's getting it ready for woods just so we can play up here in the mountains, and this spring. But if there's a woods race, I'll probably go do it. That's just that's putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> putting it out there. Uh, you know they have uh, raced the three wheelers in Best in the Desert in Vegas Torino. Uh, yeah, out here on the West Coast. Yeah, the West Coast boys are too fast in that thing. I need trees and rocks. <laughs> <laughs> you need to come race a work, works race. I would love to come ride with them for sure, but I always felt like those big tracks out there, they were just big. They were fast. And uh, you had to have a lot of horsepower. You had to have better, faster bikes. Something well, I didn't have, really. If you come race a works race, you know, you can deal with some rocks and some whoops and some – it takes some skill. You know, there's. Oh factors. yeah, okay. I just thought you were talking about desert. Yeah, I would do that if I could get out there. That's for sure. Well, dude, all you got to do is get on a plane, and there you are. I need a bike. Okay, well, let's see. We'll maybe work that out. Well, he's got a buddy lives out there, Andy Laxman. Oh, he knows. Well, you know, <laughs> ATC Connection is in Arizona, and Dave Wiley owns that. Um, don't you? Don't put it past me. I'll make some calls. And we'll see if we can get you out on it. Because Davey Magsma and Works is the guy to be. I'm not passing up an opportunity. I would, I would hop on that. Yeah. My wife would probably be all for it. <laughs> I can't get hurt, though. Can't get hurt. <laughs> that's not that. Okay. That has nothing. That's, like, that's the memo that you get when you land. The, yeah. The rules. And if <laughs> you break fine. the rules, it's on you. I will race it. Yeah. I would love to do that. I would love to. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk to Dave and see if we can make that happen. Um, we you just, got my information. Yeah, we, we got it, Dave. Well, Dave Wiley is uh, is the owner of AT, ATV Connection. I, I said that already, but he uh, he has a whole fleet of these machines, and he has some history there from all over that is unbelievable. You just know. let him know whatever Ted rides. He's gonna ride it hard. He's gonna break it. <laughs> I can't tell him that because <laughs> we were up at a race called Big Bear, and it was a real rocky, real hilly place. And to me, it was probably the hardest track 
at some aspects, Blackwater was hard because of the swamps and the mud. This place was hard because of the rocks and the hills. And he come out of the woods and he's going down the straightaway to the finish line. And you could see the back of his bike shift from left to right. He broke the swing arm to the point. The only thing holding it on was the chain and the chain guide. <laughs> was always left of the swing arm when we got it back and he was done riding it that day. And he finished? And he finished. I think he took second or third that day on a bike that really should have fell apart. Teddy, can you can you elaborate on why it's it's something that seems to be plaguing you as as far as the machines having issues like that? Is it is it that you just ride that hard? I, I do. I guess I do ride them pretty hard. I, I don't think I took the racing seriously as far as I could. And maybe prep a little better, buy better equipment. I keep bringing up the subject. I just didn't have a lot of cash to put into. I didn't put a lot of money into racing like I probably could have. I rode good, rode hard, but yeah, things just broke. Um, but the wood is hard on a three wheeler, really hard. Yeah. yeah. And around here with the trees, you the tree, you don't even really notice it that the wheel hit the tree and that puts force in places that it's not supposed to be at. Mm. You know, the bikes were made for suspension up and down, not so much side to side. Yep. And there was times he'd come in with wheels totally square from just beating on the rocks and stuff. He just had the I'm not quitting attitude. And and you guys rode back in the day when they didn't have tire inserts and things like that. Did you guys do a lot of plugging of tires? Plugging or, or changing, changing tires. I got one race in particular Dave was part of and another friend, Sean Shake. And uh, I came in with a flat tire that was um, maybe torrential. And these guys changed the tire almost like a NASCAR tire change. It was perfect. I'm pretty confident something happened. I come back and won that race because I remember my mother and dad were there. And I got the pictures of it. They were changing the tire at that race, and I did well. And uh, So did that was cool. Yeah. Did everybody have tire problems, though? <clears throat> oh, Yeah. Good Lord, you carry. I got some of the races I carry fix a flat, you know, or you'd have it like taped to your front fender. We got a couple pictures of that. We, yeah, that was a help, helpful thing just to, if your tire went flat, just to pull that off and just try to get something in there to get back. Yeah, tires were a big problem. Unbelievable. And, and, and most of the tires that we were running were tractor tires or, or something like that. Yeah, back, back then. And, when I got the four wheel ride, if we're going to, well, we're sticking with three wheelers. Honda did hook me up with some good oats tires and they were the best tires and rim combinations I ever had. They weren't quite as bad, but back in the three wheel days, yeah, we were trying different tires and. Well, no, they set us up with the first set of four plots. Yeah. Um, we went to Tennessee down the on the three wheeler, end of the three wheel season. And yeah. this year was the yeah. end of the season. And he wanted to go to bed and he laid down. And we were sitting off to the side, and we were drinking, just carrying on, you know, kind of quietly. We weren't real loud. We got this bright idea to stack beer cans around him, so when he woke up to go to bed, he'd knock them over. Hmm. Well, he slept on the picnic table all night because it was such a beautiful night out. It was warm. He was comfortable. I doubt it was all night. <laughs> but anyhow, he wakes up in the morning. Team Honda pulled in somewhere in the middle of the night, right next to us. And he... He wakes up, knocks all the beer cans over, and there's Team Honda staring at him. So we get up, we start doing our thing, and we started prepping 
I can't remember if we were prepping the bike for the cross country race or the motocross race, but we were switching out the forks and stuff. Well, they come over and seen what we were doing and said, Ted, tell you what, give us your bike and you go wash your riding gear and we'll take your bike and prep it for you. Well, they put on brand new forks for him, whatever they, they were, I guess the factory forks for those guys, um, a new rear shock, brand new tires and brakes. And I think they serviced, you know, did other things, but they didn't tell us what they did. And so he had the first set of four ply tires. Now at that particular race, 86. Yeah. The team Honda got three wheeler guys were there and they gave the tires to Ted. And we ended up running those tires for the rest of the, the entire rest of the season with no flats. By the end of the season, they were bald. We used those same tires for the whole year. <laughs> Everything. And they just did so well, but they were oats, and they were good tires. Were they were they a molded tire, or were they a, a grooved? Oh, uh, they were molded, but it was the first set of four plies that were out. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you could race with a four-ply tire now. Really? You have to have a, a six-ply solid. Everything's a six-ply. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yep. And, they, and they run an insert. Yeah. The yeah, we didn't have no inserts. I know. I need unless we them. put tubes in them. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't an insert. That was a failure. <laughs> yeah. Waiting to happen. Exactly. Wow. That's pretty good. How much time did you guys spend with the Honda guys after the, the race? And how did you do that day? I got a third. I remember it was a GNCC motocross. It was a hair scramble and a motocross in the rental ends. And I ended up getting a third in both races. I'm on the shore. And, uh, but I, that's when we made good friends with them. I mean, Chuck Miller, Wes McCoy, Bruce Ogilvy, they were all there. I got to meet, you know, some of the coolest Honda guys there were. And of course, all the factory riders, they were good. They're, even the other team members were at Kawasaki. And that's kind of where we made our mark. We started riding and can hang with them pretty good I mean, they were the ones to beat so that's that worked out well and that's when i started realizing i was getting some stuff i think i picked up some sponsors after that and uh maybe i joke about not taking it serious but i think in the back of my mind i did try to take it pretty serious a little bit you know but, well when i started doing with him i used to always lift weights in school do stuff that we i got him into lifting weights um we didn't really ride mountain bikes back then. You know, nobody yeah. knew anything about training like that. We did. Uh, but sure. we worked hard at work every day, and but we rode a lot. Any chance we had, we'd go out and just ride you know, and go practice. So we were on the bikes as much as we could be. And you didn't have a practice bike back then. You were race, practicing on your race bike. I did end up with three wheelers at the end there for a while. To uh, eighty, an eighty-five and an eighty-six. Um, did I have a Trimoto for a while? A Kawasaki come out, and they had that Kawasaki three wheeler, and I, I rode one of them a little bit. No, I did have the Trimoto. That's what it was. Yamaha Trimoto. Yeah, well, I think you raced one, but I don't think they. No, no, somebody gave me one to race for a while. That was. Nah, that, was, that was a four-wheeler. Now, we're kind of trying to get our, our notes, our mind together. Yeah. Where. But I don't remember um, Trimoto three-wheeler. That may have been before me. Huh. 
Yeah, could have been. I'm a trailways. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry that you had to ride that. <laughs> Did you have I to thought they had something. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? We had some success with some guys out here on the West Coast with them, um, but they sure weren't a Honda. No, nah, the Honda had the, the, just like I keep saying the dynamics, but they, everything was proportioned perfectly for a three wheel machine to go the best it possibly could. And they, they had it, you know, they had the engineering money involved in those things. They were still around. It's hard to say what would be going on. I'd love to see uh, what the factory would have produced, you know, 87, 88, 89, if the three wheelers would have kept going. You, you hear rumors that there were some prototypes out there, but you know, you would see them by now somewhere, you know, if somebody had one. Uh, you know, spikes that kind of got out the end there and people got to have, but I, I bet they're not. No, they they squashed everything they had made and any of the trick race parts all got dist- destroyed. Uh, a few of them squeaked out into the world, but... Maybe some parts, yeah. yeah. Forks yeah. and shocks and stuff. Yeah, that whole thing. Well, that's crazy. They would be, they'd be fun to ride. Oh, yeah, they would be. Dave, so what was your favorite race? Oh, uh, I'd have to say Blackwater. Um, if you, I'm sure you've been there. Yes, I have. And you saw the things that happened, and we were always like right in the middle of it. When you crossed over that bridge in the no man's land, we were the first place on the left. We're more proud of the party. <laughs> the results, but um, yeah, we definitely had fun. That's for sure. Good the first people. time I went, we parked actually in town across the street from the houses. Um, and there was a couple people on the other side of the bridge and it really wasn't as big back then, as far as the spectators and all that, that kind of came back towards the nineties. Uh, but like I said, the first time I went with him, we parked right there in town, camped out right there. Uh, and like I said, there was people on the other side, but not many, most of the good riders parked right in town. They could fit them. Yeah. If you went back there now, where we used to park is actually a store. We went back and just rode with a buddy of ours that lives up there and couldn't believe the changes that had been made to that area. It's all very nice. It's all what, Teddy? It's all, all the, the whole, all the swamps and the bogs. It's been all, it's been up in natural wildlife area. And there's yeah, 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 you're, you're not allowed to do anything like that there now, are you? Mountain bike trails. There are some of them, and there's a gravel road. You can go, you can ride the gravel road back. Yeah, there's no off-road riding whatsoever. Yeah, that that was the freakiest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, we're glad to be part of that for sure. Yeah, I stepped out of Bob Sloan's van, and the first thing I see is a guy on a 185s. Holding the Budweiser, yep, with a big old long beard split down the middle with a piece on going over each shoulder, taking a show no shoes on, no front teeth, biggest ear smile you could ever see, and it, you know that movie Deliverance, yeah, yeah. yeah I think the guy was one of those. I think he was in that family. It's stereotyping. Did you ever go hang out at the mud hole? Uh, no, I was in the pits, uh, the year that I got to go with Bob, but the day yeah. before Bob and I got on the motorcycles and rode a bunch of it. And 
he stopped at the watering crossings and I'm scratching my head going, Bob, there's no water here. And he goes, Oh yeah, they haven't put, they haven't dammed it up yet. Mm. And I go, what do you mean? Yeah. 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 They'll be rolling in here soon and they'll start damming it up and it'll fill up with water by the time we race and it'll get really crazy. <laughs> and that's what they did. You know, we would go on a Tuesday for what the Sunday race and yeah. go pre-ride and we're like riding through the creeks. I go, I don't understand what your problem is. He goes, you wait and see. So we rode all week and it was coming up. I think it was Friday and people started rolling in and we went to just go ride in the evening a little bit before it got dark. And the Creek went from maybe being six inches deep to three foot deep in the matter of a couple hours. I was like, okay, I understand a little bit better now. It was unbelievable. The the pictures and the videos you see, um don't do it justice in my opinion like, like yeah it's it's a, the videos are fun to watch so. they are fun to watch what do they call the people on the banks mud fleas mud fleas oh yeah at the 93 river crossing yeah, that's, that's phenomenal thing at the snowshoe ski resort and um that mud flea, I went to snowshoe last year. I have to admit that that little swamp down the woods with the mud fleas hanging out was pretty impressive. Um, it's not like the bank at the 93 River Crossing by no means, but it was still wild and crazy. I think that's pretty much the whole meaning of that anyway. Uh, the, it's very it's very cool, but nothing like the bank at the 93 River Crossing, because you could see that from five miles away coming off, and you knew you were heading down there. That was just impressive to go over hiding. It was fun. Did you ride when you were there? Free ride or something? Yeah, or yeah, did you or did you just Yeah, you, yeah, we yeah. pre rode a little bit, sure. Yep, you were allowed to. And um, but we were you we were just playing out there for you know each day. I had to use my race bike for that. Yeah, I had a two wheeler then, so I just rode what I had. I never rode two wheelers till later in life. <laughs> Yeah, remember the KTM 600? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, he, bought the, he had this KTM 600 left foot kick, and oh. it was a beast to kick. And we got out at the bottom of a hill, and that bike wouldn't start to save his bike. We were there for like three hours waiting for it to cool down enough to where we had to put the choke on to get the bike to start. But we made it back. It was fun. We had a good day of riding. Yeah, they got the button. Yeah. A lot of them do. But yeah. Yeah, they've changed their ways some. You know, I mean they've 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 improved quite a bit. Well, now they have three lines, you know, the KTM, the Husky, and the Gas Gas. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he just said I always thought I didn't know Gas Gas was no. that close to being the same as the other two. Um, it is now because KTM owns it. Yeah, okay. It's still, it's, it's still. I couldn't hear you, Teddy. I said the Supercross was pretty good the other night. Well, hey, tell me all about it because I missed it. Oh, really? Well, tell you the truth, for the first race of the year, um, there's some – I can't. I don't think you're going to compare what happened in that race to the whole year. It was just, there were some wrecks early. Um, I don't want to give it away who won because I don't want to ruin it for you, but the guys that were leading – the guys that were leading in the beginning were um, are the ones I think are going to make the whole year. But 
the, they didn't finish the race where they showed up. So it's going to be a good Supercross. You don't think Roxon can freaking take it this year? I hope he can. I'm a Honda man, and I'm hoping for Roxon. Who was leading early? Oh, I'm talking 250 class. It was oh. Anderson. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, well, Roxon is definitely, he started out good before. I would love to see him win every single race this year. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to see him do good. Yeah, I like, I've always rode Hondas. That's the only bike I've ever ran. Yeah. You know, I've won a lot of championships with Hondas, but I've probably won more with Yamahas. Really? Well, yeah, see what that. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. Was it on a Tri-Moto? No, it was not <laughs> on a Tri-Moto. <laughs> We've won a lot of stuff with Banshees, you know, a yeah. lot of Banshee races. A lot of Banshees. Well, he had the opportunity to race a Banshee from a guy. Yeah. And the bike kept blowing up. Tell him how we went and got it. Oh, okay. We somehow got hooked up with this guy, Jimmy Smith, and he was at a race and come up and talk to us about sponsoring Ted to ride with a Banshee, brand new. And he had this 30-foot-long black trailer. So we go over and look at it. We think we're going to see something like a Honda setup. The only thing in it's a little Craftsman toolbox and one bike. <laughs> most impressive rig. Most impressive. So... He, told, he brought it to the race. He said he'd take it home and prep it. We could come down and get the bike so we could set it up for our likings. So we drove to Kentucky. It was about 600 miles one way. And we decided that we were going to rent a truck down instead of take the old van, try to keep the miles off of it. So we went and rented a truck and told the girl, we're only going to need it for 24 hours, one day. We put 1,200 miles on that truck in one day. We went all the way to Kentucky and back before the time was up. She looked at the speedometer, looked at her paper, looked at speedometer, looked at her paper, like disbelief that anybody could put that kind of mileage on a vehicle in that short period of time. <laughs> so we rock and rolled all the way down, no sleep, straight through. And then come home, drop the truck off, and then come back and load it. And we went and rode all day. I got the Banshee, and I raced it. God, I didn't race it a whole lot. I think we had four races on it, and each race, the bike seized. And nobody could figure out what it was. I didn't even know at the time. Well, about two years later, I'm a mechanic by trade. I'm working on a car, and I noticed that the radiator cap was, antifreeze was pushing out. And just like a light switch, I was like, that's what was wrong with that Banshee. The radiator cap wouldn't hold the pressure. It'd blow all the water out and then seize up. And this guy rebuilt it, water pumps, new hoses, never put a radiator cap on it. Put a new radiator cap on it and solve the problem. I ain't saying much about it. <laughs> Thanks, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till his next race. I'm taking the radiator cap off and running with it. This is supposed to be talking about you. Well, I figured out the problem. It was just a little late. Yeah. Well, hey, the, the main Teddy, the main part is 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 when you're a mechanic, you've got to figure it out. You may he not did. figure it out on time, but you've got to figure it out. He did a good job, that's for sure. Let's we always seem to get to the race no matter what, and we always seem to make it home. I better just dispel a rumor that was started, and I guess it could be here. Hey, we uh Oh, After geez. not racing for a couple of years, 
we went back to the GNCC of a mountain ridge. And it was the first time I'd been back in a couple of years. And I went up to the tent. I seen Rita and Coombs and all the other ladies that helped, the same ladies. And then they were like, oh, my God, that's good. How you doing? And we're pretty good and, and this and that. And Dave was with me. And I, I, I turned around. I said, hey, y'all remember my partner, Dave? And then Joel's job, he said, partner? And nothing against partners, but Dave and I aren't partners. <laughs> and the rumors got flying around for a while. He's and, like an older brother. Yeah, that we were partners. And uh, so I'm just getting out here lie. We are good buddies, but we're not partners. I've seen your wife. It's okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Dave, why is your face oh. turning red? <laughs> what did he say? Because why is your face turning red, Dave? <laughs> oh no, my yeah. shirt's red. It's just reflecting. Yeah, it's, oh, you okay. can't embarrass me that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I just seen he had that wrote down on his list there. I just figured, yeah, spell it. Uh, uh, I don't know what else to talk about. What? Um, well, I got, I got, I got way more to, way more to ask. Okay, uh, let me ask up. When Dave, when you got into a little later on, what were you guys doing for modifications on engines? Well, he had, who'd you send it to? Chuck somebody. Yeah, Chuck E. Racing. And basically did some porting, cleaned up the top of the head. Um, I don't remember what Paul Turner pipes we were running. No, it didn't come to mind on my three. My three, well, I did have a nice bolt. Uh, tight six pipe point. I got a good wood pipe, right? Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the year, all that stuff was the best stuff I got once I got the on that three one eighty six. That's when uh, I had other stuff that worked, but Dynaport was real good to me. Uh, I had some good stuff with them, but the Paul Turner stuff was that was the that was the stuff. Right? And I got it all for the three wheel at the end of the season, and I was really that was the start of it. Uh, but then the whole three wheeler, the whole three wheeler moment just went out and got my ride on the four wheeler. But I don't know, man. The three wheeler was just a, I would, that would have been fun to be able to stick the ball another year and then you guys down there. And that would, um, been awesome. that would have been that would have been fun. Now you said something about things that we did to the bike. Well, one thing we did to the woods bike that probably most people didn't know and nobody else did was shorten the swing arm. So it would steer quicker through the woods when you got into tight areas. And it kind of happened by accident because when he broke the swing arm, they say, well, we can do this, but it's going to shorten it. And he found out it worked better for the woods ride, not so much motocross but for the woods. So from that point on, all the woods bikes got shorter swing arms by about what, an inch and a half, two inches? Inch and a half. I think we tried one little too short. One was a little too short. I was kind of once. I can't hear you, Teddy. Really? I, that's heaven. That was one of the greatest secrets of shortness. You know, Marty Hart ran a negative one. Yeah, and look how good he was. <laughs> he was good. <laughs> I, you know what? I never asked. I've, I've had Mike over and talked to Mike Co. on the podcast a number of times. And I, that's one question I've never asked him was about running a shorter swing arm. Yeah. How do you like the woods? You know, I listened to a couple of them. I didn't um, hear this. He never said that he liked him, but he never said he didn't. He was more of a desert guy. Yeah, that's that's what I always thought. I know Marty and uh, was good in the woods and Stevie Wright, but I think the woods scared him. 
They didn't like the mud. They uh, did say a couple of times, you'd rather ride in dust you can't see if you're riding your old mud. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather not ride if it's muddy. <laughs> we do better in the mud. I, I'd probably do better, but maybe it's just more confidence. I don't know. Well, did you grow up when it's more muddy? <laughs> Our practice track, we rode year round. Snow, rain, ice, didn't matter. We were going riding on Sundays. And I think that had a lot to do with the fact that we could ride in the mud is because we didn't care what it was doing outside. We were going on Sunday to ride and practice. Didn't make a difference to us. And like his two sons, they got bikes at Christmas or snow on the ground. Well, dad never told them it's hard to ride on the ice. Out they went. (laughs) And they started riding in the snow. Nobody told them it was harder. And you just had a ball, right? Yeah. Yeah, we just rode it in the snow. Did, did okay? Explain riding in the snow then, because I've ridden in the snow here on the West Coast, but I can guarantee it's not like riding in the snow. It was more like riding in the slush. Yeah. Um. One secret is you got to go fast. You've got to go fast enough to get the snow to pack under the wheel like a berm but not too fast to where it wants to blow out. In real rocky areas, the snow packs between the rocks, and it's kind of nice because it smooths out some of the trails, and they're not as you know as rocky feeling as what they are. Um, another secret is to stud your tires with screws, and then you get better traction you do in the dirt. It's unreal with a couple screws in the tires will do for you. Unbelievable. And you guys did this? Back before it was popular. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, you did the ice racing at Lake George on the yeah. three-wheelers, and that's kind of where we got it from. Did, uh, because you most a three-wheeler, you steer from the rear. So when you rode in the snow or the mud, it was easier to ride because you could, you could slide your rear end around quite a bit more. <clears throat> and so... That's why I think it was it was more fun to ride in the snow because you could still control yourself really good. It wasn't like you were losing control like you would on a, maybe a dirt bike. Let me ask you this because I, I, I didn't clarify it. Teddy, were you riding the three-wheelers pre the water-cooled? Did you ride oh, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My first race on a three-wheeler was a 110 back in 81. And that was pre-water. We didn't have water cool till 84. 85. Yeah. Did 84 was air cooled? Yeah, 85. The 250R and 85 was the first water cooled. So my 84 is the one I really won the nationals on. uh, The year I I won. Yeah. That was my year. I had one of those. I love that bike. Yeah. The coolest ever. They're selling for big, big dollars now in good shape. I wish I had some of that old stuff. And yeah, that stuff is, uh, it's well, good to have. My dad had the, the, the shop Duncan racing before it was Duncan racing, um, down on the boulevard when he was running it and he bought an 84 ATC 250 R in a crate, dented up tank, damaged swing arm damage. I mean, realistically should have thrown it in the trash. Well, we put it together and I raced it multiple times 
um, yes. as it was, uh, we had a Bassani pipe on it. And I mean, yeah. it was, it had a, it had an actual longer swing arm because that's just the way they hacked it up. And when they put the rails in, they put them in crooked, you know, it, it was straight, but the, the angles were crooked, you know? So they boxed it crooked. I mean, it was, it, the, the, if you would have looked at it, you wouldn't even have got on it. You still got it? No. Uh, mm-hmm. When the, I wrote it so much that I wore the cases out and it wasn't justifiably enough to, to, to buy new cases cost more than the whole bike was worth. Back then, but not now. Right. <laughs> right. I get it. But yeah. I, I had a lot of fun on that bike. A lot of fun. I had an old XR I wore through the frames from my boots rubbing on the frame on the bike from riding it so much. Gee, that's that that's a feat right there. How many pairs of boots did you go through? You still got the same pair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to get a new pair about every two years. Whether they were water sealed or not. My dad used to ride with lineman boots. Lineman that's boots. where I started. And it wasn't long ago, we were up at his property and was like, you know, we come up here and ride. We used to ride as kids, just put a helmet and gloves on and a pair of work boots and go ride and enjoy the day. And now we go, you know, you spend a half hour getting ready to go ride. (laughs) So, Teddy, I want to get back on this early three-wheeler days. Did you race the, the 110? Yeah, I raced a local track in Motorsports, Hagerstown, West of Frederick. And uh, that was a local track. Most everybody in this area would have raced. And that's where the first race were. I, I got pictures of it. And there was, you know, five or six three little guys there in the flannels and work boots. And yeah, that was fun. I'd started out doing good immediately. That's, I thought, well, this is me, you know. And it just kept, carried on from there. How old were you then? 81, 62, 72, 82, 20. <laughs> 20 years uh, old on a, on a one. What am I, 18? I graduated in 80. Yeah, I me. I graduated in 80. So, yeah, I was probably, I was just eight, 18 to 20. I was 18 to 20 is when I started racing that spikes. That would have been it. I had a brand new one. And then just every year I got a new one all the way up. A couple in 86, a couple in 87. As were four wheelers, every year I'd get a new bike. That's that's pretty amazing. And what you could buy a, an eighty-one ATC uh, one ten for what three hundred and fifty bucks? No, I think it was more than that, like eight. But I think the two fifty R I bought was like seventeen fifty. But I think I remember that. But down the line, yeah, it was eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, a lot of money lot just of money like now. That was yeah. a lot of money back then. That's- I got a, I don't want to give too much information, but speaking of old three, I had a friend um, that I know in Pennsylvania here, and he had a brand new Tiger three wheeler, 250R. Remember the Tigers? Yep. Okay. He had it and he kept it and he kept it. And recently, he just sold it for a phenomenal amount of money. I don't need, I may, I don't want to give the numbers away, but. It was a brand new three wheeler Tiger two fifty, and I will tell you right now, it was over twenty five thousand dollars. I believe it. So I he totally sold it. believe it. Yeah, he started the bidding at that. 
and it got bitted up. And for rightly so, whoever bought it really appreciated it. I deserved it. But that's, I mean, we had a 110 in Cherry Shape at our local Honda shop. They just had an auction. I think it went for $6,500, an old 110 with the balloon tires. It might even be a little bit more, but it was like, and only because the guy stopped bidding the other guy up. <laughs> I would, yeah, there's I would, some. I would love to go to the museum where they're all, where you see everyone. So you'll see pictures online of it. I'd love well, to. I, I got one right near here. Um, let me hold on here while we're talking. I got a picture I can probably show you. No one else can see it. There's a guy right up here in Pennsylvania. He's got the Honda three wheel museum. And I actually was going to have him get a hold of you. Um, and it's a Honda, and he's got a whole Honda line collection, Honda oh, line gear. Remember the Honda line gear? Yep. yep. And, and he has got a collect a collection. Um, once again, I probably shouldn't throw his name out on here, but I'm going to have him get a hold of you. You know what? Our, our shop helmet, for as long as I could remember, was Marty Hart's showy. No kidding. Oh, that's cool, man. It was his actual helmet. And if I'd have known then what we knew now, I would have sealed it in plastic, you know, or put it in one of those plastic boxes, the clear boxes. Yeah. And and never yeah. touched it because it right now it'd probably be priceless. Yeah. Yeah. It it's amazing. How I like in the parking lot wearing it, you know. So <laughs> that that probably wasn't good for it. Oh my God. I'll find it after I talk to you, but that don't matter. I'm just showing you. Uh, you know uh, what? You can text me that information afterwards because okay. I, I want to know how to reach out to that guy. Yes. I this guy is cool. To, I would love to just know what he has just to, to drool, you know. I mean, I mean, uh, once you see the picture, you're gonna know what he has because he's got like 12 cherry three wheelers, maybe more than that. Okay, I'll find another sword to you for sure. Dave Wiley, yeah, the gentleman that I was talking to you about, he has. What's that? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I heard. He you. has Doug Rolls three wheeler. No kidding. From the West Coast, um, he has a Banshee that Mike Co oh. owned. Um, uh, he has a he has a four wheeler from uh, South America that was a two hundred X that they converted into a four wheeler that they only used. In South America, really? wow, that's some crazy stuff. And it's the back of the bike is, you know exactly what it is. Yeah, and you see the conversion to the front, and you can tell it was converted. But yeah, they converted it and they used them all over South America, uh, Argentina, Chile, and uh, uh, we had a buddy that had a Kajiva. Yeah, that cool. was converted from a two wheeler to a three wheeler. I heard of that. I've seen yeah. And he used to race that and did very well. But back then it was a two stroke 200 racing against the four stroke 200s. Very fast. Okay. I know who that is. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but I know I've seen, I've seen that everybody. That was a picture of just the most amazing bunch of three wheelers uh, outside, not inside the building. Yeah, there's probably 25 of them there. 25, see, 150 R's, 270s. Yeah, he's got a good collection. Yeah, it's it's just. Well, show him the, 
Well, I'm sitting here in a, in a, in, in a garage with a 1929 model a pickup. Nice. Okay. That's in my dad's restoring it. My 86 year old pops is, is, is doing cool. the finishing touches on it. And Tell him I said hi again. I will. There's two TT 500s in here, a, a V max. Um, I got an old CR 80 or CR 60, an 80 oh, nice. model. They only made them for two years. The eight, That's a good one. Yeah. I bought it for my son, let him race it. And then it, I've just, it's just been sitting here. You know, I don't know what to do with it. Jerry. That is cool. They just give it to me. I'll, I'll take that. I'm saving. I got a P, uh, a small PE 50. I'm saving for, I got a brand new granddaughter since I talked to glass. I think. Well, congratulations. Let me tell you, I got two sons. Uh, Dustin, my oldest son, he raced all his years and he just got, he just got married. And of course he got a, a brand new, brand new granddaughter and so I'm saving a mini bike for her. And then my other son, his name is Jordy. Can I do a shameless self-promotion here? Yes, you can. Jordy Trey. And he lives down in Florida and he's a, he's a, a stunt motorcycle stuntman, but he also has his own little show and his own travel show called Moto Motion. And, um, you want to look that up and just look up his name and mode of motion. And if you're on Facebook, which I'm not, you're going to know a lot more about him quicker. Than I do. But, um, he is, he's there. He's both my son. I'm so proud of them both. And, uh, Jordy is, uh, he's doing a lot of things with motorcycles still. He's lucky enough to be able to do that only in his early twenties. twenty-five. You, you need to tell Jordy to get a hold of me, send him my okay. contact and have okay. him. He's he's pretty good, and his show he does he does shows all over the country right now trial show, and um, it's pretty impressive, pretty impressive. He's hooked up with some cool people too. So yeah. I think that I'm glad to be able to tell you that, and thank you for letting me share that with you. Oh, brother, no problem. I mean, the motorsports industry. I mean, granted, this is ATV talk, but we're so tied to motorcycles, UTVs. trophy trucks you know i have people that we've dealt with that are in nascar and there's just so many branches off in so many different ways where you dealt with the dad and the kids are now you know racing trucks or cars and um you just have to be open to everything and and everybody and um I just think it's an honor that you'd even want to take time and, and tell some of your stories about what it was like racing three wheelers before racing three wheelers was cool. Really? Yeah. I mean, racing in general was good. It was fun. We did well, we competed and there was, it was a serious sport and uh, we, that was just something I happened to do well. And I ended up having a good group of guys like Dave to travel with me. And, and, uh, and we met a lot of good people. Um, It just didn't, didn't last forever. And, we had to, we branched out in other things and, but the three wheeler is a, it's a whole different ball game and three wheel people are three wheel people. That's for sure. I think that, that the love of the sport is what it was all about. Then just the love of riding ATVs. Um, and it wasn't about money. That's for sure. Uh-uh. No, because you, nobody made any money and not yeah. people make any money now. I mean, there was a few guys, back in the eighties that made money. Maybe there's a few guys in the nineties that made money. 
maybe there was a few guys in the 2000s, early 2000s, and now in the in the middle 2000s, uh, you know, with 22, there might be a handful making money at it. I'm um, glad they are. I hope I, they deserve it. I hope they do. I hope they are. Well, there's Travel. only a handful. There's not many, you know. Uh, if you can make a living at it and break even and not spend your money, then you're doing phenomenal. You know, I think we had one year. You said, Hey, you want to know something? I think, I think I'm ahead $200. (laughs) (laughs) Say that again. One year he came out and told me that he goes, Hey man, I said, I think we're $200 ahead this year. (laughs) The only year we made money racing. Well, don't, don't you guys owe me 200 bucks? Yeah, he probably then, does. I, don't then, know. I mean, come on now. If we're gonna, we got to <laughs> make get, them all zero. Once I get paid for this, the uh, hey, well, I'll pay you, you back. when I get paid. Okay, then we might <laughs> just stay even. <laughs> yeah, we're we're just gonna call it good because it ain't never gonna happen. <laughs> I keep sending him bills for all the work I've done for him, and never got anything back. He gets dinner. Yeah, they get dinner. You got a dinner? I mean, come on now, you know. Yeah, two of them. <laughs> well, there you go. And breakfast the other morning. Yeah. Well, hey, and you're ahead. Yeah. Uh, his wife, Cindy, takes good care of me. She feeds me and, you know, takes care of me like that. She likes him too. He's been there a while. And yeah, they're my second family. Well, that's awesome. And it's hard to find people that you can say you're that close with for this long. Yes. And mostly, most, if you look at most of your ATV people, the friendships, even if you live across the country, last the entire time, you know? Yeah. Uh, I have friends of mine I probably haven't seen in 20 years. We pick up on the phone and it's like yesterday. You know, it's it's awesome. You uh, know, there's a local track of Breezewood, Pennsylvania, um, and uh, the Breezewood Proving Grounds, and they race three-wheelers. And we went up and did some racing last couple of years. And there, there's been up to 40, 43 wheelers up there racing at one time. And um, it's just amazing. For one is, it's probably the exact same three wheelers that we raced back in the day, just have new people own them. <laughs> but there was the same, immediately, there was the same camaraderie. Camaraderie. Good word, Dave come a long way um, <laughs> camaraderie that um that you could feel and and it was watching there's this the fastest guy there uh besides myself was a, a young guy and he was just always working on his bike and had it was just amazing to watch just the same the same exact things were going on with the three wheelers that they were back in the 80s and that was that was nice we immediately after the first day we met a ton of new people on three wheels and just a group of guys is ATC boys at Ohio. Uh, three fit. They're on three fifty X's. There's still a group of people out there. think that three fifty X is going to be something, but um, they're really fast on them. And, uh, but that was just fun to see all those three wheel guys, same age as us um, and some younger guys too. But that, if you get a chance, look that up and uh, that would be a good group of guys to talk to also. Well, um, they're still I'm doing it. I'll make sure to have for you to send me some information on that. Yeah, I'm gonna you have better to start writing all this information. Yeah, Dave. I made notes. You can't read my writing. Yeah, but that's or, what the mechanics are for—to make the notes and to make sure yeah, that the, the rider 
Yeah, the rider has to make sure the rider has to make the call, but the mechanic has to remind the rider to make the call. Yeah, I'll get you that stuff. I'm just, you know, if, if my connection gets you to some other people, that's fine. I'm happy. I am. I, share. I, I hope I, some people out there are listening to us and think, yeah, that'd be fun to be with those people. <laughs> they do. They are. They are listening. Uh, we're growing uh, larger than we ever expected. Um, it, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, it really is. But Ted, Trey, Dave Owens, I want to thank you guys for coming on ATV Talk. Thank you, you know for having us. Well, you. you know that I'm going to reach out again. So keep compiling your notes. And uh, I appreciate that, guys. I don't know. You, you might get it. <laughs> I'll, be freaking in, I'll be in touch with you because I want to do this again at some point. Oh, my God. Sounds good. Hey, well, thanks a lot, Lenny. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.